Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Super excited for today, especially with my guest, Jordan Harbinger, who is a former lawyer turned podcaster who's had an adventure leading up to today. Jordan, my friend, thank you so much for being here. What is going on in your world today, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I, uh, you know, I'm just at home with the Panty D. Got one kid, got another kid on the way. It's actually a good time to have kids because you're already at home stuck a lot of the time, a lot of us. And if you have one little kid, you can't be like, you know what? I'm just going to take risks, right? I'm vaccinated or whatever. You have to be really careful. So now it's a great time to have a second kid because I'm like, well, we're stuck here already. You know, got to be careful. So just add to the brood, man. That's yeah, what we're well, doing. Congratulations, brother. It's amazing. Thanks. You know, I think that for people who don't know you, the, the quick bio is, you kind of had some major ventures between not only being kidnapped, but traveling the world, learning multiple languages, mm -hmm. putting yourself in this position where you 
turn networking into this concept that is about so much more than here's a business card, here's this, here's that. But there's depths and levels to your story from these experiences as opening the little box when you're the little green boxes when you're a kid looking inside the wiring of telecom. And now today being this incredible leader and dare I say, OG in the podcast mm. space. You know, one of the things I think about in this is this process of self-discovery, especially for me as being an introvert, being one of the most difficult things that I've had to do because I always feel like I'm on the verge of terror, right? When it comes to mm -hmm. looking at, man, people are going to judge me. They're going to shame me. They're not going to like me and still pushing through that. And I feel like, dude, as many people may know, you've done that so many times again and again in your life. What is it about you, if you're able to name it or point to it, that's allowed you to really tap into who it is that you are? Yeah, you know, it's been, I, I think what's ironic about this question is a lot of people will say like, oh, what's, what, what allows you to tap in to find out who you are? A lot of my traveling and getting into different sorts of mischief is all about been trying to find who that person even is, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to be a rebel and do this, you know, when you're a teenager. I'm going to be a rebel and do that. I'm going to go on an exchange and leave my high school and go to another country and see if I can find myself, which is really funny because people always go to places where they're trying to find themselves and they, like, can't even read the menu at a restaurant. I'm like, you know, try finding yourself in a place where you literally can read the road signs. You know, you're going to have better luck. So a lot of people will go and test themselves and they try and find all these different adventures in life. And, and then it becomes kind of escapism after a while, like, oh, college is hard. Why don't I study abroad? Well, that was great. Oh, I can keep doing it. You know, that kind of thing. So I did that for a long time. And after a while, I realized I had a whole different set of experiences. And the experiences were really, of course, what makes us who we are in many ways. And it, it, was, it, was, it was fascinating for me to figure this out over time. Because when I grew up, I was really shy. And I, was, I had like... And, I guess now they would probably say, oh, he's got social anxiety as a kid. I don't have it anymore. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, I, I programmed myself with all that stuff or got programmed by it, you know, just by going to school and being in this unnatural environment that didn't suit the way that I learned and getting yelled at by teachers for not paying attention, which is funny because like fast forward to my college career and I went to one of the best law schools in the United States. So I clearly wasn't like a kid who couldn't learn. I just didn't memorize and also my language teachers, right? They were like, oh, you're not good at learning languages. And now I'm like, well, that's funny because I speak five and you speak two. It's just that you're having kids memorize a, a table of verbs in French, which is how zero people learn to speak new languages. Nobody memorized. My, my kids too, he knows how to talk. I don't go, well, did you memorize this verb uh, table of the verb to be with all the exceptions? That's never going to happen. He doesn't need to do that because that's not how we learn languages. So I had this sort of like identity crisis as a kid that I took with me, that most of us will take with us into adulthood where we go, okay, I'm not a good fit for this because of all, because reasons. And the reasons are all like reasons that school wasn't good for you or reasons that your first job wasn't good for you or your first relationship didn't work out. And you're like, oh no, this is an indelible part of my identity. And it's because that was your first experience in that that genre, right? It was the first language you tried to learn. It was the first relationship you had with somebody else. It was the first uh, job that you had with a real boss at a real company that wasn't like your parents or your friend's parents or cutting lawns, right? And, and then you go, you go through that and you realize that you created, like you, you carved that into your, into your personality through that experience, but you can also go remake new experiences that teach you new things. And this sounds so 
blatantly obvious, but most of us, I find, don't do that. You know, I know tons of adults, and I'm sure you do as well as, as a coach, who say things like, well, I'm not good at, and it's like this broad category of things, and you're like, you literally, it's impossible for you to know that. It's impossible yeah. for you to know that you're not good at languages because you took French and Spanish in high school. You're not good at learning languages in high school when you are of high school age in the 90s or whatever that was. Like, that's the only part of that that's true. So our brains are always trying to sort of extrapolate these truths out of, we're trying to make patterns and meaning out of things that just aren't there. And I went through a lot of experiences early in life, traveling, languages, jobs, that uh, that showed me that, wait a minute, people can and do change, and it happens pretty quick. It, you know, it happens quicker than you'd think and, and sometimes faster than you'd like, depending on what you're changing. And But that turned out to be intensely liberating. And now I don't accept sort of any rigid structure of identity, like, oh, you're this way. Well, I, I mean, I am now, but look how I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. The change, it's like night and day. You know, kids who I grew up with are like, you're like a totally different person now, man. What happened? Yeah, and, and I think you should be. You know, one of my favorite quotes of all time that I'll paraphrase from Jay-Z is, people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I think about that all the time, and this should be this evolution, right? You don't want to max out. You want to have a growth mindset, words that we now have, thankfully, you know, due to people like Carol Dweck and yourself and, and Tom Bilyeu. One of the things I'm really curious about, I heard you say this, um, that, let me paraphrase this the right way. I, I heard you say that our emotional responses are the opposite of logic. And it's like throwing a book against the wall. And this idea to me was really fascinating. And you were talking about how we discover and analyze who we are, but we still have that emotional stimulus to deal with in discovering that. What, can you talk about that a little bit more in depth and what that means? Yeah, I, I mean, what I probably meant, because context is everything and my memory sucks. That's why I have the, and I'm also tired. So I have these sunken holes for eyes because I have one kid and he's two years old and we never sleep anymore. But um, the what I probably meant by that was, you know, a lot of times our emotions really do often will mislead us or we'll have an emotional, here's an example. This will illustrate it perfectly. My wife and I were talking about something she was pushing my buttons because it was four o'clock in the morning and she couldn't sleep and our kid was really upset and screaming and crying. And, and I, I go, I have this thing that I want to say and I, I should definitely not say this right now. I'm not going to say this right now. This is a terrible idea. It's just going to make her really angry. And then I was like, nah, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, oh, that was so dumb. Why did I do that? And, and the reason is emotions, right? Like you're, you're in the moment, you're, your emotions are telling you one thing. It is always the opposite of logic. There's a part of me that thinks, part of growing up or being like a quote unquote adult is being able to control those things. But every Friday we have advice shows on the Jordan Harbinger show. It's called Feedback Friday. And every Friday there's something in there that's like adults doing the same thing that causes tons of problems in our lives. So I don't remember what your original question was. Again, sunken holes for eyes, yeah, sunken yeah, holes no. for eyes. What, it's, what? it's just about evaluating the emotional responses that mm. we have to stimulus. Right. So what we need to do is not just try to control our emotions. I knew I was going somewhere with that. We're not just trying to control and, and force our emotions to either not exist or choke them down. What we want to do is look at why we feel a certain way. And that, that's there's much better insight there. And I'm no psychologist. You know, I'm not uh, an academic who studies these types of things. That's better left to sort of like Carol Dweck, who you mentioned, uh, and, and those types of folks. 
But if we, ex I find personally that when I examine why I feel a certain way emotionally, I can unpack it. One, that takes the power out of the emotion. If I say, I'm so angry at this person right now, it's like, well, why? Okay, well, part of it is it's like 10% is like jealousy or envy, but 90% is that was a really crappy thing to do. Well, why was it a crappy thing to do? Why do I feel that way? Well, because I've done so much for them. Okay, so what lesson are you gonna take from this? Do less for people? Obviously, you're not taking that lesson. So the lesson is, some people do things that are against your interest and they shouldn't, and that's gonna make you mad. And there's probably nothing you can do about that. So should I feel this way again? Logically, no. Will it happen again that I feel that way? Probably, but when it does, I can go, you know what, this is one of those things that's gonna make me angry, but I don't really don't need to dwell on it because the reason I feel this way is this, 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 and this. And the solution is, is either non-existent or it's to not let it waste any more of my emotional and mental bandwidth than it already is. And then I'm kind of like, done with it you know it doesn't mean i forgive the person or i like them or i'm gonna forget about it but it means like maybe i won't lose three nights of sleep over somebody screwing me over on a barter or a trade or a promo or a cross whatever because i'm not going to change my course of action i'm not going to write 16 page contracts with everybody i do a deal with online i trust most people by default which is a good way to live your life generally if I let them change that about me, well, then they've really screwed me up. So why don't I just not worry about this crap anymore? So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of data in decoding your emotional response. The other day as well, I was a little annoyed at my son who's 26 months old. How annoyed can you get at somebody? And it's like, okay, he was being bad and trying to get my attention in a bad way by getting photographs that I'm scanning that are from my childhood and like crumpling them up. And I'm like, no, those are irreplaceable. But What's he really doing, right? I'm angry because those are valuable to me, but what's more valuable to me? The relationship I have with my son, right? Of course. So do I wanna be trading one thing for the other? No. So I start thinking about like, okay, hierarchy of things in my life that are important. Relationship with him, teaching him ways to be, why is he doing this thing that he's doing? And sort of getting data out of his emotions because he, he's not gonna be able to do it himself or getting data out of other people's emotions. The more you can decode emotions, the first thing it does is take the power out of them, like I said, but two, there's just so much good info in there. Like, oh, my son needs more attention from me. Maybe I need to make sure that I'm more obviously paying attention to him in these moments when he's home after school. Like he wants to get rid of the photos because he's pissed that I'm looking and sorting at photos. Probably, I'm reading a two-year-old's mind, right? But like, that's what I assume is going on. He's not mad at the photos. He doesn't think crumpling them up is fun, maybe a little bit. But what he really wants is for me to stop looking at the effing photos and pay attention to him. And I'm like, okay, the reason this is making me mad is because I wanna be doing something else, but really I'm giving this other thing that's not even that important precedence over the thing that's like the most important thing in my life. Gotta stop doing that. You get data like that from decoding emotions and it's data that you ca probably can't get anywhere else. Yeah, that, that's super powerful. And I think part of it also is perspective. And I've heard you say that perspective is a cure-all for anxiety. Because yeah. on a long enough timeline, you're asking yourself if this is actually going to matter. And if you're doing that, are you measuring progress against day to day or against the long term? You know, with this and especially scenarios like this now newly happening in your life, how, what, what kind of role does perspective play for you today? Tons, man. I know exactly where you're going with this. So th this is a combination of sort of two ideas. One, um, the, you're thinking about sort of the action and suffering. We can get to that in a second. But the other, the other idea on this is, yeah, zoom out far enough on the timeline and like none of this crap matters. You know what I'm saying? So like, okay, kid crumples up photos. Zoom out on timeline. We don't know how far. 
could be two minutes where I just go, eh, I'll straighten them out. And then when I scan them, it's, it's a photo of a pyramid and a camel. No, I don't even care about this, right? Like those are the, that, that's the timeline for that. But then other timelines are really intense. Like your business got torpedoed and you lost your, jo- your wife lost her job and now you're starting over and you're gonna lose your house. Well, that's not okay. And next week, it's not gonna be okay. And next month, it's probably not gonna be okay. Next year, will it be okay? Maybe. What about a couple years from now? If, even if it's not completely okay, it's certainly gonna be better than it is right now in the moment where you're dealing with that. So I try to sort of zoom out far enough on the timeline mentally and realize, okay, five years ago, I went through this thing and I thought I would like never get over that. And now I'm mostly or, or completely over it. All right, so let me jump ahead in the timeline and realize I'm not over it now because I'm in the thick of it but eventually I will be over it, which means I can almost act accordingly, right? Like, oh my God, I lost a million dollars on this stupid thing and now I'm gonna lose my retire, I have to retire five years later. That's not good, but you're going to survive, it's going to be fine, you're probably gonna be able to make a lot of it back, it's probably not as bad as you think, you've been through similar situations before. That all makes you realize that you are, it's kind of like the everything is gonna be okay, it, it's not always gonna be the way that you want it to be, but zooming out that far on the timeline has helped me with so many stressful situations. Um, if I get screwed over by somebody or if I hit a business hurdle, I just look and go, all right, I've gone through like three, four, five of these in my past, I'm 41, there's gonna be more, they always suck, but I, it's always completely fine. Now there are some events where that's not gonna work out. Like if you lose a child, you're always gonna miss that child, but the pain won't be as acute as it is in the moment. You know, if, if, if something really horrible happens, you lose someone dear to you, um, it, that's always gonna change things. The pain is always more acute in the moment. So realizing that you can get through things, um, it sounds simple, but it really, you really do have to focus on that timeline because otherwise it's real easy for your, first of all, your ad- adrenal system to snap you back into fight or flight, pay attention to every second of this pain kind of situation. And what you're trying to do is say, okay, I'm gonna plan this out. You're almost snapping into a logical mode. You're not trying, again, you're not trying to withhold your emotions or bury them. You can deal with them ideally with a therapist if it's bad enough as you need to, but you also need to like stop panicking and waking up at 3 a.m. with with a cold sweat because you have made a bad investment or because somebody stole something from you. You know what I mean? That's not helping any. That's super powerful. And I've had this notion recently about this idea of time is now. I was at a restaurant and on the, uh, you put your name, you put the time and I just started writing now. I have no idea why other than I was thinking like, why the am I worried about tomorrow? Why am I worried about yesterday and the mistakes that I've made when ta- today, right now in this moment is actually the only thing that I have control over. Right. And, 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 you, and you led me into my lead to you, which is action ends suffering. Dude, I am such a big proponent of that. I found myself the Unbroken Nation audience knows they've heard this story, 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, working the corporate America job, you know, found myself at rock bottom. 11 years later, now I'm award-winning speaker, best-selling author, coach people around the world and back again. And I swear the only way that happened is action. And I think that hearing you say action and suffering is such a big proponent of that I've I heard those words from you, so I want to mm-hmm. just say thank you for that. And the course yeah. of this journey has been such a big deal. Why is that so important to you? Like, what what was the catalyst to come to that with yourself? Sure. So this wasn't something where I was like, I read it in a clever self help book or anything. Like, this is one of those hard won lessons where I was like, 
okay, so what happened was I had a I had a podcast in a business, a training company, and I ran it for eleven years. And I over time I'd been doing like pretty much all the work. I had a lot of uh, team. They were great. I worked with a lot of amazing people. But the people I had brought in as partners years and years before, you know, they're ta- it's Thursday at two p.m. They're not answering their phones anymore. They're going out for you know they want weeks and weeks off. They're not adding to the bottom line. They need raises because they have credit card debt. I'm like, okay, I'm saving money. I'm getting married. I want to have kids. I'm saving up for a house. These guys are like, hey, we have thirty k in credit card debt. We need a raise. And I'm like, this isn't working. Like we're paying more in taxes because you need more income. So there was a lot of little disputes and we had an amicable split worked out. And then they just went, we're not going to honor this. You know, we're not, we're just not going to honor it. And then I was like, you know what? I have to start over on my own and do the Jordan Harbinger show and just not worry about it. Because when I talk to people that you might call mentors and guys that have sort of been there and done that in business, they were like, I know you think it's a big loss just start over and move forward, sue them or whatever, but like, don't get bogged down in the suit, get to work moving forward. And that that was awesome advice. That's exactly what I did. But then my former partners sued me because they were like, wait, you weren't supposed to move on and be successful without us. So they tried to, well, they did file a lawsuit. It didn't go well for them. Um, And, but it took a long time and it was expensive. It was much more expensive for them, but that was, uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, that's what happens when you sue lawyers. It gets expensive for you. Um, so I, but I had been waking up for the first couple of weeks after the split. And I was like, how am I going to restart this thing that I created over 11 years on my own? Like, is the timing wrong? You know, I'd started in 2006 when podcasting was like new. Can you build a big podcast now? Are people going to find me? Do I have what it takes to do this on my own? Like all of these questions, but it wasn't like, all right, I've got this. I was like, oh my God, I'm screwed. And then I'd wake up at 2 a.m. to go to the bathroom and I wouldn't be able to sleep again. And I'd be like, my heart's pounding. What is going on? And I went to the doctor because my wife was like, dude, you never sleep anymore. Like you're, lo- I lost a bunch of weight. And so I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, your, your blood markers, everything's good. What's going on in your life? And I started talking about what was going on. And they're like, bro, you're having like literal, what sounds like panic attacks at night. And I'm like, I don't feel, no, I'm not panicking. I'm just thinking about all these things that I have to do. And I'm thinking about all these issues that I'm dealing with. And they're like, yeah, it's called anxiety. Don't know if you've heard of it. And I'm like, no, 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 you're, mis- you're misunderstanding. I'm worried, but it's not like I'm freaking out. I'm just waking up and I can't go back to sleep, but my heart's racing. And they're like, hello, Google freaking anxiety. This is what you have. And then of course, doctors, many doctors are like, here's pills. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Humans deal with anxiety. I don't need pills. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not having suicidal ideation. I'm not. Uh, I don't have any issues with my body right now. Like we'll monitor my blood panel and my, you know, my blood uh, uh, and my, uh, what is it? Uh, Like gut panel, you know, monitor the stuff that that says, hey, you're killing yourself. Like make sure that's not happening. But I just started walking more outside. I started talking to friends more. I made sure I had social contact every single day. Even if it was like a 12 hour, 16 hour, super busy day, I would do like a 30 minute or 20 minute or 15 minute call with a friend. Um, that helped a lot. But the action and suffering thing was, I felt like I had so many things to do that you ever made a protein shake in a blender and the top comes off and everything and you're just like, there goes my afternoon, right? Because you're cleaning like freaking whey protein out of the lights. That's what I felt like my life was at that time. And the energy had nowhere to go. It was like every day I'd wake up and it would be like, vroom, and it'd be all over the kitchen. 
And I'd be like, oh, I got to clean this up. And I'm, I'm cleaning up all these little things. Like I got to start a Twitter account. I got to open bank accounts. But then I was like, all right, instead of freaking out about all this stuff, because there's so much, I just sat down and I made a plan. It was like a hundred things that I had literally that I had to do. And I made this huge list with my wife. And when I made the list, I did a, a few of them. And then I took a glorious nap. And then when I woke up, I did a few more until I was tired. And then the next, I, I went to bed and I slept fine because I was like, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I'm probably going to be out of time about here. And I just started knocking everything down. And as I did that, my business was building up and I was rebuilding things and getting things back on track. And I was like, wow, like, look, making a plan, great insight, jack off. Like, why am I listening to you about this? Seriously, though, like if you have no plan or the plan's only in your head, that's a huge problem because your head is going, well, maybe you should move this over here. What about that? Oh, but when you do this thing, don't forget about that. But if you write everything down and you're just knocking them down and then you think of something new, you just add it to your to-do list. There were hundreds of things on this list over the last few months or over the first few months, sorry, of rebuilding the Jordan Harbinger show. And as I knocked them out, I felt better as opposed to feeling worse, which is what I felt like before because it would like, it was like pulling weeds, right? I'd pull one out and go, oh, good, I finally did this. And I'd be like, there's these three more things I didn't even think of. And I'm up at 3 a.m. typing and writing things down. That was miserable. But when I had the action focus, I was able to focus my energy like a laser beam instead of a blender. And that was really what made me feel like instead of, when what was me? How am I going to do it? It was like, okay, we hit a major setback, but I'm, I'm on my feet and I'm walking and I'm warming up to a run again. Whereas before, I was just kind of rolling around in the mud. You know, that's really, that's really what it was. I was gaining no ground. Even if I was gaining ground, it didn't feel like it because I didn't have any sort of sense of a map of the territory and it didn't feel like I had forward momentum. Yeah, I, dude, I, I absolutely love that. And, and I tell people all the time, write down your goals every single day, write down your list every single day because where you focus your attention, your energy follows. And on a long enough timeline, you create the life that you want to have. And I think about momentum playing such an important role in this because, dude, you started one little thing at a time every single day moving forward. And on a long enough timeline, you created the thing that you wanted to have. And there's nothing more important than that. Just getting zeroed in, focused in on that. Another thing I'll tell you um, before I forget, because that's what happens with me. Again, dark circles for eyes, no sleep. Uh, one of the things that I, I recommend highly is realizing in real time, like every day, uh, if, you've, if you're suffering a setback, you don't have to do this like randomly. But if you're suffering a setback, one of the things I, that helped me a lot was looking at what I didn't lose. And I don't mean like I still have my family okay fine gratitude is good we all know this you've probably gone through gratitude before but like on the, on the very practical note for me it was like okay i lost the social media accounts how good were those and what did they do for the business well they took a the time and i hated every second of it and facebook is a toxic cesspool right and i was like wait a minute so now i'm kind of off the hook like maybe maybe just don't do those until later or never and then it was like, well, I also didn't lose my network, which turned out to be like the number one thing that got me back on my feet and back on track was all these relationships. Nobody can really take those away from you. Like unless you, unless your name and reputation takes a major nosedive. Like if you're Jared from Subway, like you probably lost your network, right? But if you're not, you're probably, that was dark. 
but if you're, if you're <laughs> but if you're not like you're probably all right you know you're probably all right um your skills like when i when i had to start my show over it was like well i can still interview people i still have 11 years of hard won experience i still have my background as an attorney, I still am doing journalism and interviews and prep, and I've still got all my systems that I invented and my sales, phone, all the stuff I still have. But I was focused so much on these old results. But it's, it's kind of almost like, let's say that you're a, a bodybuilder and you lose an arm. You can lament losing that arm, like, oh, the, my deltoids were so defined on, on that arm that got chopped off. Right? You just focus on what you have left and you work on that stuff. And it seems, again, very obvious to those of us who are not dealing with that loss right now. But when you are dealing with loss, man, it's like a freaking magnet. You just, it's a tractor beam. You're looking always at the hole that's there. And very rarely are you looking at everything else that surrounds it that you still have. And focusing on that stuff is extremely important because that makes you realize you're not starting again from zero. You're starting again from 80% or 60% or 75, right? You're never, you're never, it's usually not even close to zero. It just looks like you're starting from zero because you lost the one thing that you, at the moment in time that you lose it, are currently focused on. Does that make yeah, sense? 100%. And you can take those losses. You can take those mistakes. You can take those things and measure them as data points because it gives you a better understanding of what you should and should not do and how you can and cannot do things to create change in your life. Now, I'm going to ask you a personal question since I have you here. This is for yeah. me, Unbroken Nation. I'm sorry. I love you guys, but I have to ask this question. You've been able to interview some of the most incredible minds in the world, including Tom Bilyeu, Kobe Bryant, um, TIP, like all of these people who have done amazing things. And I include you in the scope of those people who have done amazing things. What do you guys have in common? Yeah, you know what's interesting? I, I found that the this is, this is something where I, whenever I tell like high schoolers or college people, I'm like, take notes. Getting in touch with Ray Dalio, really easy. Getting in touch with Mark Cuban, really easy. Getting in touch with Rick Ross, really easy. Getting in touch with uh, Kobe Bryant, his team, really easy. Getting in touch with somebody who like is in the middle of the road, YouTuber, whatever, impossible. Why is that? Well, when I write to Ray Dalio so or these super high performers, Mark Cuban, they either answer their own email or somebody on their team is like, hey, just got this, we'll be back to you. We have a meeting once a month where we discuss these opportunities. Well, I'll circle back. And then sure enough, either you circle back with them or they circle back with you. They have systems in place. They are organized. For me, I've got to-do lists. I use Trello. I've got Slack for my company, which only has like five or six people, and we still use that stuff. I've got shortcuts and text expander, right? Like everything is archived. We use Google Drive. The files are always in one place. Everything is sorted and organized. We do that a lot here, and I'm not naturally that person. Right. I do that because I am not naturally that person and I need the systems to stay in place. People will say something like, Jordan, man, you always keep in touch with me. It's like every six months or so you write to me. Well, that's because I have a CRM with my friends and even my family in it. When's the last time you called your cousin? Been years, man. Go go call your cousin, right? You're like, what when's the last time you, you wrote something to your aunt? No, you see her at Christmas, it's fine. No, man. Shoot her a text, send her an email, whatever it is. Right, like that's the stuff I need reminders for. And these guys all have the same thing, right? Rick Ross or whoever might be like kind of an artist mind where a lot of things might go in one ear and out the other, but his assistant isn't, his publicist isn't, his lawyer isn't. These are people who are organized around him and he brought them in because he knows that he's gonna be focused on music and not thinking, gotta remember Jordan Harbinger's birthday. You know what I mean? Like this is the reason that people who are successful, they're not just better organized, 
they will organize things so that they don't have to be organized. There are fail safes, right? That's what I think we all have in common is better systems. And the good news is it's not hard to build systems. It's hard to will yourself into being better at keeping in touch. It's really not hard to build, to use a CRM that's already built that says, hey, you have to email these five people because it's been a year. And you go, okay, and do it, right? Like, that's what the good news is. It's really easy to act like a high performer. We have so many systems now. You don't need to hire a full-time assistant. You know, you have digital for all of this. But I notice that people who are not kind of with it and not together, they have excuses instead of systems. Or they have like, yeah, excuses really is the main crux of it. They have excuses instead of systems. Well, you know how busy I am? You're probably not busier than Mark Cuban. But yeah, I know how busy you are, right? So, and it's, and that's what kind of got me to really realize that uh, that that level of performance because it was easy to go, you know, a few years ago, I gone, you know how busy I am? I have so many emails. I have this and that and the other. And then it's like you deal with Ray Dalio, Mark Cuban, Kobe Bryant's team, and you're like, these people are at way up here and they have it way together. I don't have an excuse of being like, I'm important. You know, so so you shed that nonsense story real fast when you realize how real high performers act and behave and, and operate. Man, powerful, powerful, powerful. Jordan, my friend, thank you so much for being here. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, the Jordan Harbinger Show. It's a podcast. Uh, I've been doing it for 14 years or some incarnation of a podcast for 14 years. And it's one of the most popular podcasts in America slash uh, in, in Apple or Spotify. So I'm grateful for that because a few years ago, it wasn't. But uh, yeah, I would love if people check me out there. I don't sell anything. So come on over and have a listen to the Jordan Harbinger show. Beautiful. All about momentum, my friend. And my last yeah. question for you is, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? You know, I tried to be clever and find that Japanese kintsugi analogy. And before the show, you were like, are you fine? Are you Googling this? And I was like, oh, there goes my clever response. But you know, unbroken, it's kind of, it's an ideal that no one is, right? Maybe, maybe a small child who's uh, like my son, who's two, right? He's, un he's unbroken. But I, I don't think, do we want to even have this ideal guide us? I mean, look, I like your brand, don't get me wrong, but I also think it's dangerous to feel like we need to be a certain way. Uh, maybe, maybe, what unbroken, maybe what unbroken really is, is us realizing that all of the experiences we go through didn't actually break us after all. I think a lot of people are like, oh, put myself together with gold, Kintsugi, right? But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, wait a minute, all the crap that I went through actually just made me really strong. I don't go to the gym and come back and go, man, I'm gonna be weak and sore forever. That's not why people go to the gym, right? They go there to work out and get stronger. And I feel like that's what life does to you, whether you like it or not. And so for me, unbroken is, is really the idea that maybe a lot of the things that we think break us actually, uh, to the, use the old cliche, don't kill us, but make us stronger. Beautiful, my friend. Well said. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at 
think unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.